0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Today on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball podcast, it will be closer cast. That's right, we're going to be talking relievers of all types and stripes here with Greg Jewett from Reliever Recon. On the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you on the Blue Wire Network. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Greg Jewett from Reliever Recon and the Athletic. Yeah, uh, and Greg came out with a good article today on the Athletic.
2: Talking uh, all things closers, Greg. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Uh, love the work that you and Scott and everyone else does here at uh, Road to Wire. So this is uh, this is an honor. Right, my pleasure. Uh, I'm happy to have you on. You do great work. Yeah, you're doing
1: really well in Tout Wars. Don't want to forget about that. We'll be talking plenty of Tout Wars too. First place
2: in the uh, Tout Wars head-to-head league right now, ten and two. Oh, knock on wood. Yeah, got yeah. off to a strong start. Some beneficial matchups there's a couple weeks I didn't do well but I played a team that did worse and then uh, Mm -hmm. a little regression to the mean here the last two weeks but it's okay
1: okay well we'll talk more about that and some of the details on that later on in the show but let's just jump right into baseball uh, closer talk this is closer cast after all Um, first thing I want to talk about is the lack of turnover that we've had so far this year in the closer position there's been a few volatile teams here and there but there hasn't been like that Big time closer that's lost his job. We haven't seen too many. You know, Edwin Diaz got hurt in the World Baseball Classic, but we haven't seen the major major injuries on the closers. Mm-hmm. Just there hasn't been the saves coming in the league like we usually have.
2: Yeah, it's it's been a relatively stable year, which which is okay. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're still doing okay business wise. However, um, just just with the natural teams using matchup based, you know, that's where people kind of rely on what we do. Uh, at recon and and with the articles at the athletic however yeah there hasn't been like that one big thing where everyone's rushing to say all right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna blow my fab cash on on this guy i have to have him it's been uh it's been more of a slow bleed and you just seeing a couple a couple of relievers have cycled in and out a couple of times already like justin lawrence he had a little early run and then people dropped him when they got impatient and now he's he's kind of back into a a safe share there with the Rockies. But again, how many can they provide? So I agree with you. It's, it's been quiet and we just, we don't know if there's going to be a major turnover or not. It really will depend on what happens uh, going up to the trade deadline.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest uh, found money and that really only depends if you draft it, even if you draft it early and that's Will Smith on the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh Because at the beginning of the year, even as the season began, we thought it might be Leclerc closing, I think the Rangers might've thought that for the first two weeks of the season, as they went through some travails here and there took them a while to fully commit to Smith um, and fully commit might not even be the word, but uh, he's probably been the best found money guy Mm -hmm. so far.
2: Yeah. uh, It was, it's funny you bring that up because when I was in the TG FBI draft, I was in one of the uh, league of deaths. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was my presence, but I had the first pick, which was great. So I ended up with Acuna jr. However, it was like every time I was like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll wait one more one more turn before I'll take a closer, and then I would watch like four or five drop as it would come to me. So my the people I was going to get kind of all fell off by the wayside. So fortunately, back then, this was before you know we draft pretty early with the TGFBI. I was fortunate enough to take Puck and Will Smith. So I mean, no, oh, nice. I, but again, I can lean into it where other people may not have that have that background or at least the the inkling to say okay I'll take a shot on bochi's nepotism and um, Craig Mish was hyping up when Miami traded for puck so I just kind of put him on my radar because I've never been a floral guy
1: yeah, exactly. And Flora for a while was the guy. Even before Puck went on the IL, Flora got like two saves, uh, so mm-hmm. that was even even dicey there. I mean, that, even our wins have been mixed. But you know, you have to have that comfort level of, of fishing in those waters, and not everybody is willing to do that and dig in the week before everybody else does. I mean, that's the tricky mm-hmm. part. Uh, but you, you put all the time into that. You know, you, you talk about leverage usages, uh, and you talk about just in, in addition to just the skills. It's also looking to see how managers use their bullpen too.
2: Yeah. And that's a big thing. Like I, I was higher on clay Holmes until there was a quote in March that surfaced from Aaron Boone saying that there'll be games where we will match him up with the best right-handed batters from, from an opposing team, especially like when they play Toronto. So like when, you know, Bichette and Vlad jr. Are coming up, Holmes is going to face them in the eighth inning. If that's when they're coming to bat, he's not going to hold them till the ninth. So that kind of, move me off him a little bit as draft season approached. So, um, and like I'm playing my first main event this year, um, I'm doing two main event qualifiers. Uh, and this is the first year I've actually, I used to, I really used to prefer 12 team, but I kind of leaned into the 15 team format and I decided this year I was just going to stay in that I wasn't going to bounce back and forth. Cause it, it, it makes it, I don't know. I, I could just be a novice, but it makes it difficult when I'm trying to draft, the two different rooms it's it's different animals sure. 12 in the 15 so this year i just kind of made a conscious decision that i was going to stay in that lane
1: i feel like in the 12 you could take more chances uh because mm-hmm. the replacement level is a lot higher out there you can take you know that said i mean i'm doing better in 15s and 12s typically last few years so you know go, go figure you know it's just because it's easier doesn't make it in terms of like the the talent level doesn't make it easier to do well in your league so uh, mm-hmm. you know it's it's it, they're different and vivo the difference you know and i have to speak to all of them as part of what we do for a living right you know so i play yeah. i don't play enough head-to-head that's like well, the one thing in my toolbox i just don't have um i'm just di- i'm a dinosaur i guess as far as that goes i'm in one head-to-head league and that's really i mean or i have been in one i'm not even in one right now i'm in the points league i'm in Raz Slam, but that's that's a whole different animal too mm-hmm. um but yeah uh it it it, you know, it it changes how you approach you know the closer position for instance like in a 12 teamer you may not feel like you have to get that guy this year in the 15s if you got that early uh the early closer i mean there there's few and far between bust rate there that's the thing that's been
2: really remarkable is we just they haven't busted No, um, you know, I mean, other than the people that took Diaz earlier, but there's there's nothing you can do about an injury of that nature. I mean, that's not something you can plan on. It's not like he started the year and fell on his face. It's uh, yeah. And and people were worried about Klaze. I think it's just something we have to accept that he pitches better when it's warm out. And he uses his slider more as the season progresses. He's he's yes. a field guy. And I think, you know, I've given up on the fact that, you know, every year it's like, oh, in the second half his, his swinging strike rates pick up and his K percentage picks up. And it's like he's going to he's gonna get more strikeouts next year. No, we just have to say this is who he is. So we have to accept a little bit of a slow start. Um, but now if you look at his numbers, everything looks clase-ish except for the whip. But, again, that's, right. been, that's been migrating down um, since the beginning of the year. So you know we're not worried about him and, and and he's in a great situation because you know his role uh, he he gets the ninth inning and they play low scoring games and close games and I, I think cleveland's generated the most one run games this year so i mean that's just you're you're in a great spot with him no matter what their record is
1: yeah that's right um you mentioned what aaron boone said um and manager comments are huge in spring training and huge in the in the uh, up in the run up there I'm kicking myself because I actually posted the note on Rotowire for David Bell talking about Alexis Diaz, saying that he actually was he, he goes, I don't like to say this, but we're gonna use him as a closer a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the past he's a mix and match sort of guy, but there's really truly no other. I'm kicking myself because I have no Alexis Diaz anywhere, like zero Alexis Diaz. I'm a it's our Reds after all. Come on, what am I thinking here? But I just didn't want any part of David Bell. I was just so dogmatic mm-hmm. about it. And you just gotta listen to what they say sometimes. Sometimes it's,
2: sometimes they'll tell you. Yeah, I I read those same quotes, but he also said if there's a game where we need them, we'll use them in the eighth. But yeah, yeah uh last year it was Brandon Hyde who kind of changed his uh modus operandi. And this year it's been it's been David Bell. And so I mean, at least we know that managers won't stay in one role They're They're able to adapt just like when Aaron Boone first got with the Yankees, he was, he was as leaner as it was. It was, mm-hmm. it was Chad green in the seventh. Uh, you know, he had Britton in the eighth and then Chapman in the ninth and he just stayed to that script. Um, and, and now you see how he's using homes and mixing in the, the Yankees actually, uh, the last, I think they still have one more reliever that has to save than the Rays this year. So, I mean, they're out raising the Rays. Yeah,
1: they are. And the thing is, you have those relievers at your disposal, you can do that. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes and you know, when you and when you have Chapman, you can be dogmatic. You can be like he is our closer. Yeah, you know, you have Rivera, you have Chapman. Okay, it's a it's a trademark, you know, in all caps, closer. You know, it's definitely a, a little bit different there. And then when you've got mix and match guys like the Yankees do, and he is I'll say this about uh Boone, you know, for all the Yankees' faults for you know their problems this year. The, the bullpen management has been fantastic there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. and I've been critical of him in the past with that too. And, you know, it's, I, I think the new pitching coach has helped, but um, he's definitely been able to um, see, see how those matchups lay out. I mean, you know, they use Con- Conley for a save and then King and then, you know, it's okay. And, and, other managers have kind of missed out on this, and you saw some egregious misuses even last week. There was a couple of games I wrote up. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the the Sunday game by the Mets that was that was tough. Um, I mean, that was a big game. That was a big momentum game, and and, and leaving Bringham in there and saving Robertson for the ninth was a oh. mistake. But you know, hindsight's easy. But at the same token it was like watching a train wreck. You're like, Oh my God, why, why is he up there? And, you know, it's not the first time it's happened to poor show Walter. So, you know, everyone still references the Zach Britton and the bullpen during the wild card game. Right, when right, it's Right? winner take all, but you know, or Freddie um, and the Braves, uh, leaving yeah, but you would think games. you learn from that mistake, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, but you know, you gotta be able to
1: manage those late innings. Well, Joe Sheehan wrote about that specific Mets incident, uh, incidents too. Uh, Keep in mind, like the usage patterns that they've done, where I think Otto Vino had pitched two days in a row. Robertson was only good for one inning, so Otto Vino was all down. Smith was start, still serving his suspension, so they were down him as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were really lacking too many good options. Oh, yeah. It was either Robertson in the eighth, or or Brigham. You know, it, it, that that's it. Now, is that a failure of how they built the team? Maybe a little bit, but you know, sometimes you know you, these guys that you bring in that are no name relievers work out really well other times they don't i mean the rays have been really great at it for years but they're not so great this year in the bullpen right you know that's one of the quiet underbellies of this race team uh mm-hmm. that's off to such an amazing start is not that great so it's just it's interesting where how you can build a bullpen out of nothing sometimes very well and sometimes you can spend big bucks on a bullpen and it doesn't even work out too
2: yeah and that's small god bless them that's what keeps us business
1: Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, let's talk trade deadline. Uh, we mentioned in this off air before we got started that um, we may not see the big names come across the trade deadline. I had a question in the chat from uh, Chad uh, talking about the Cubs uh, and if there's going to be any value left them. There's not too many sellers right now. Not too many clear cut sellers, even the Cubs. I mean, they're not great, but they have a plus run differential and they're in one of the two bad divisions in baseball. They may not be sellers at the deadline.
2: That's correct. And, you know, the, a lot of these teams that are going to wait till the last minute are going to either trade guys that are going to be free agents at the end of the year or mm-hmm. a guy that only has plus 1 year of team control. You yep. know, I, I, everyone keeps you see these goofy things on Twitter. It's like, "Oh, you know, where the the home you know, the people who write the the blogs for teams or put out these ridiculous trade things. And it's like, of course, you're going to start seeing the Bednar to the Yankees and all this other stuff. I mean, there's, there's nothing for Pittsburgh to be gained by training Bednar right now. Um, Especially, I mean, he's a local guy under, under team control through 26. I mean, if, if there was anybody that's the poster boy that would take the hometown discount and you could buy out his beers, it it would definitely be Bednar. So I, I don't see that being a reasonable one. Now, you know, what people are trying to see is how much will the White Sox sell? Um, will the Royals actually trade Scott Barlow? I think they should. It doesn't mean they will. Yeah. Um, you know, I think any of us could say a natural trading partner for for Kansas City would be Texas. I mean, if Texas could get a package of Barlow and uh, Chapman, that would completely bolster their weakness, which is their bullpen, and, and they have the prospect – capability to make that happen. I think they yeah. match very well. Um, and then if, if that happens, you can get other teams in there and bargain for them. So I, I almost think you can see a package deal of those two guys going. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, if the if the Padres are, wave the white flag, yeah, I can see them dealing Hader, which would be the big one. If, if Hader gets traded, that'd be the one with the most impact because wherever he's going, is he going to be the guy or is he going to be in a safe share? So he would probably be the, the, the top of the food chain of what would happen, you know, will right. the Cardinals sell because Hicks is a free agent at the end of the year. So, you know, do they buy out his RB years and keep them around? Cause the, you know, the last quote from Azalea was, you know, they're not looking to do anything right now. Um, we'll have to see. So there's a lot of these dominoes are really going to wait till like the last week before the deadline.
1: For sure. For sure. And uh, yeah, that, you know, cause a lot of the teams that, you know, you look at record wise, that could be sellers. They, they, they did come into the season thinking they're going to be sellers, the Cardinals, the Padres, the Mets, uh, the Mariners, uh, for instance. I mean, none of these teams, you know, thought were are definitely sellers at the beginning of the year. White Sox. I mean, they weren't, they thought they could tend this year. Although they have a new manager at least, but, I mean, these are all teams that you don't think of in our mind as sellers, but one of them might be, but they might all hold on. They might all just say, no, we're going to stick with our guys. We're going to see if we can make a run. If the Mets go like, if they gain five games over 500 in this month, they they, mm-hmm. they might try to just run it out. I mean, yeah, I, I think. Cohen made that kind of clear. It's on the players, so we'll see what happens. And if they have a good run in the month of July, then they probably won't. They're definitely going to wait till the end of the month before they sell. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were going to be considered buyers. How many times did we hear Alexis Diaz to the Mets because of the oh symmetry God, yeah. of the name? I mean, just because he happened to be a Diaz. Uh, but now the Reds, they're probably, you know, they could they could pull a Pirates and go just as hard down as they were up in June. They could mm-hmm. go down in July with their pitching. Uh, but right now, doesn't look like that's going to be the case.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it will be fun if a couple of these teams became buyers, even if you're just yeah. getting, you know, uh, as we, as we reference the White Sox, if they become sellers, then a Joe Kelly to either of those teams you just mentioned makes a lot of sense. You know, he's a, he's a ground ball guy that can pitch in the seventh and eighth inning and, and do his thing. And, and you know, other teams are getting guys coming back. We we reference the Rays. You know, Andrew Kitchers can return in August, so that'll help mm-hmm. add depth into their bullpen um, if he's healthy. And, and right. you know, um, we don't know what's going to happen with Ryan Helsley. You know, best case scenario, it sounds like he can be back within three weeks, but that's if everything goes on, you know, on on timetable. You know, right. If there's any sort of a setback or soreness. Every time he takes a day or two off from throwing, then you're almost looking at another week on his right. timeline. So, you know, there's, there, there's a few things up in the air, but, um, you know, it, it it's really going to be cu- curious for me. I, I'm very intrigued by how teams are going to be positioned um, after the All-Star break, and, and schedule is going to matter. Um, I don't know if you ever use it, but there's a cool site called Tankathon where it kind of shows the strength of – remaining schedule for the that for down. the season. And um, I like to use that a lot. So when we get closer to the trade deadline, I'll reference that a lot of times. So, you know, for the easiest schedules are obviously in the AL Central, but at the same token, if they're all kind of vulturing each other or, you know, yeah. taking each other down, then there's really not room to climb up and do something. So um, I really think people in the Central are hoping one team, like maybe Cleveland, will just go on a little bit of a run and distance themselves, and then it's easier to, to be a seller. Um, and then things will kind of fall in line. The AL Central could decide a lot of these trade deadline decisions, and you they know, could make Lyon it fully get put out there. Yeah. And we already talked about the White Sox and the Royals' arms. I mean, that's three teams with about six, seven relievers that could help a lot of contenders.
1: And you know, it could murky the waters. Like, Will Smith's been good in Texas, mm-hmm. he's been fine as the closer. Now, if they trade for another reliever now, say if they get that Chapman Barlow package, who closes for them? I mean, it's not
2: guaranteed to be any one of those three. Correct. Yeah, they, they could, you know, I, I think Bochi said in the preseason he was okay with dealing with matchups. I mean, you know, that they could go with that. And you had those you had those two guys with Sabores and um Smith. I mean, that's a formidable bullpen, and you don't right. have to worry about who's doing what. It's just it, you know, Chapman, you got the lefties in the seventh. Barlow or Sabores because the guy's in the eighth and then whoever they match up best within the ninth goes in and gets them. So, you know, yeah, it it, it could be difficult in those sorts of situations and, and, you know, but we have to also be thinking about like if Kansas City's going to deal and will they give a chance to Carlos Hernandez, who I'm intrigued by his slider swing strike rate is ticked up in June. Um, he's thrown with higher velocity as a reliever. Um, if they go to one inning outings, I, I think, and really give him a defined role, I think he could do well in it. You know, sometimes they put him as an opener, he throws a couple of innings, and he gets two days off, and they bring him in in the seventh. So there's been no stability with how they deploy him. But um, given the chance, I think he could be somebody that would really benefit, even though how many saves will the Royals give us in, in, in the second exactly. half. So it's, exactly. you know, it's, Six and one maybe, way, half a dozen the other. So he gets an opportunity
1: by Clark, how much. You know, and maybe it's just the manager says, I like Taylor Clark here instead. I'm not going <laughs> to forget the numbers. I'm going to do this, you know. It, Correct. Yeah, you can always do that. So that's always fun. Um, before we go, uh, talk a little methodology. Let's do a quick note from our friends at the
0: Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All of our podcasts are hosted on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, thank them for their for hosting us. Let's talk methodology. You did this. Uh, you did a really good job breaking it down for everybody in uh, the athletic. And by the way, read Greg's column in the Athletic. Uh, that's every that's every Thursday, correct? Yes, yes. Every Thursday, Greg is in the Athletic, and of course, check out Reliever Recon. He does great work there. Uh, that's his company. In fact, it doesn't just merely do great work; it is his work. Uh, so check that all out. Uh, you have a rating system. Let's talk about that and how teams use their relievers. Uh, and There's four categories, mostly linear, primary save share, shared saves and matchup base. Why don't you kind of dig into that a little bit, explain that for everybody.
2: Uh, well, mostly linear is how we were describing the old Aaron Boone thing where it's, we pretty much have a guy for the seventh, a guy for the eighth and, and, and our old reliable in the ninth. Um uh, mm-hmm. The save share is, well, excuse me, the, the primary save share would be like David Robertson. He's mostly in the ninth inning. However, um, if the Phillies have Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper coming up in the eighth inning and Buckshow Walter Fields, that's the time he needs him the most because he's, him and Rayleigh are the two relievers that match up with lefties. If he's already used Rayleigh, then it's going to be Robertson in the eighth and then he'll use out of or Smith or whoever is left available in the nine. So a primary save share means he'll get most of the saves, but there's times that he's used in other innings. Another mm-hmm. example of that would be Evan Phillips, Clay Holmes, relievers that aren't necessarily locked into the ninth inning, but will will get the majority of saves when, when it's, when it matchups present themselves. Uh, save share just means the kind of the hypothesis we were speaking about with the Rangers, if they load up that bullpen, whereas, it's just you—you you mix and match going up into late innings, so it doesn't matter who gets the ninth inning. You're just trying to maximize your matchups based on the batting order and the lineup pockets, right? Um, and then uh, the up, the fluid is just—you know—it's the team has no idea or doesn't have anybody capable of doing that role, and it's just like where Oakland is right now. It's like every right. time we think somebody might do it they pull the rug out and then it's Sam mole getting a save the other day with Trevor May in the, in the eighth innings. And, and they might be saving us from ourselves since may has more walks and strikeouts this month.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I was incapable of saving in one of my main event leagues. So I do have a share of may and <laughs> I know he's lousy, but at least I talked my partner, Tim down, down on the size of our bid that we quote unquote <laughs> one. So we got that going for us, but you know, Oakland, Kansas City, Colorado, you also have to figure out how many wins are there going to be? You know, how many yes. saves chances are there going to be anyhow? And then you get the added bonus of being in, in course field with the Rockies. I, you know, yeah, I think I have a league where I have Justin Lawrence, but I, I didn't want to do it. I mean, I just, I, I I think it's been better. You've been better served over time
2: just ignoring. Yeah, and it's one of those frustrating ones where, like, if you put him on the the bench for a week, like I I I had him for a little bit, and the week I had didn't have him active was when he got the two saves, and I was course. like, mm-hmm.
1: the whipsaw yeah, it's so, always fine. So it's
2: it's you know the the whack a mole, so it's like it, it's much easier to have somebody that you can put in there uh, and rely on it. So you know, I got lucky and tout, but um, with with the head to head scoring is a different animal because strikeouts matter. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, saves and head to head tout are worth seven points, Um, but strikeouts are a half each. So you got a reliever who's racking up strikeouts. It gives them more value. So, um, during the auction, I was kind of wavering between Helsley and Bautista. And and thankfully I made the right decision. I decided that I was going to get, get Felix. And, um, he's been, you know, in the CBS format that we play in. he's been the highest scoring reliever this year because of that humongous strikeout total that he's putting up that's just right you know you know last year i think we were talking all the time about edwin diaz having a k a strikeout percentage of 50 percent and we're we're kind of ignoring felix's and i don't i don't understand it is it because he's not in new york or what but i mean you know early in the season he had too many walks but i think the last time i looked at his thing he has a 28 to 1k to bb over his last like Twelve or thirteen outings. I, I I didn't. I put him in the article every week, so I took a week off of putting him in the relievers on the rise. But right. you know, he's just been phenomenal. And you well, know, and yes, he gave up a couple of those infield hits to the Reds, but he still got out of that inning. I mean, that to me, that showed me a lot. Getting those base runners on, Ellie De La Cruz running, and he's still. He still kept things calm and got the strikeouts and got out of that inning with the exactly with the score with the score still tied. I mean that's well, huge.
1: I, I think that first weekend series in Boston kind of took got people a little tiny tiny mm-hmm. wary of Bautista and you know Ryan Flaherty catches that fly ball. We're not even talking about that. Yeah, yeah um, that was so bad. And then they had yeni or Cano who had such an amazing start to his season too. And I think that's like, well, they've got a clear pivot. They've got the, you know, a, a closer in waiting right there. And a lot of people rush to pick up Cano and he's, he's a good pitcher. He's had a weird last couple of weeks anyhow, too, but.
2: Well, a little bad bit correction.
1: Yeah. A little bit of that. Uh, But still a uh, pretty solid guy too, in his own right there. Uh, It's kind of funny. If you play in a solds league, you know, a guy like that can be pretty valuable.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and a he's been he's been miraculous. Now again, yeah. you'll you'll accept the the recent uptick in whip just because he's given you so much through the year. You're, you're going to accept that for sure. Um, and it's amazing he's filled in because they haven't had Michael Givens or Dylan Tate this year, and you you don't even notice it because Cano's done so well.
1: Yeah, I still think the O's need to trade uh, add a little bit more on top. Both the uh, I'd say a starter and a reliever is what I like. I, to I agree.
2: I I think that would um really helped them. I, you know, I keep telling I live in Syracuse, New York, and there's a lot of Yankee fans up here, including my dad. I keep telling I'm like uh Baltimore's going to be a problem. I said, mm-hmm. not just this year. Yeah. I said that they're, they're kind of where Houston was right before they went on their run. You you're going to have to be careful about that team.
1: Yeah. Red Reds. O's this week was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, I watched a lot of those games. They were, they were, it's uh, the, you know, the Reds are, are one of the most, popular watches right now in the fantasy community everybody just wants to see what's happening with them I and mean, it's yeah you know there's there's the games are exciting that no one's ever out and i i think i listened to the orioles feed last night but even they were saying they were like you know both these teams are very no i was listening to the reds because they were ahead they were saying both these teams are very similar to each other they, they don't they don't back down they fight all the way to the end i mean it's great to see and it's great for baseball um i'll be going down to camden at the end of july so my girlfriend and i are Doing a little weekend in Gettysburg, and we're going to jet over, uh, drive over there, and uh, nice. see a game against the Yankees on uh, on that weekend. So that'll be a lot of fun. I love Camden; it's a beautiful park.
1: I have to go, Bucket list. I've been to Old Memorial Stadium in the pink seats, no less, oh, wow. which which are way up top. I did a family trip when I was a kid. Uh, I did that, and uh, yeah, not a great stadium for baseball, not great seats, but to say the least. So uh, <laughs> I'm also illustrating how old I am too. So I got that going for me, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, you know, and the Reds. I think I, I, they need to add just out of principle. When you keep rolling out Luke Weaver and his six ninety six ERA, um, I know they're they're down so many pitchers, but they also didn't build any depth to start this season. For all the great job they've done accumulating talent on the offensive side, they've really kind of failed on the pitching side.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But you know they can fix some of that. I mean, they've still got extra pieces they can move to to get something if they really, really want it. I just don't know if they will. Yeah, I
1: think you're right about that. Uh, David Bednar, you mentioned him earlier, and opportunities are, are an issue too, especially because mm-hmm. the Pirates have the Pirates have been this like hot and cold team where he got like eight saves in April and then he went a month without a save chance. Yeah, uh, and then you know you got to worry about you get the dreaded get work outing with a five run lead or something like that, or Mm -hmm. a three run deficit just because he hasn't pitched in four days. And then he's too tired when the save opportunity does come up.
2: Well, I was going to say, as you were saying that he was warming up last night in the eighth inning when it Mm -hmm. was four to one. Um, And then the pirates tacked on um, and made that a non-safe situation uh, in in the seventh. So then he didn't enter, but I'm pretty sure if it was a four to one game going to the eighth, he was getting both innings. Now, from a fantasy standpoint, you know, it's like, yay, I'm getting a two winning save. But then if you get a two winning save, then usually a reliever needs two days off. Um, yeah. especially if it's a taxing save so that that can get a little dicey. So it's like, do I, do I want the two winning saves or do I want him to stay in a more traditional role? And then he might lose more going forward. So, right. um, but the, but remember last year and he says he's in better shape and he, he addressed that, when I don't know if you remember that series last year against the Dodgers, he did like two really heavy usage games uh, in that three game set when they swept the Dodgers. I believe he pitched like 1.2. And then the second game he went two innings um, and he threw like 50 something pitches. And that was right before he went on the injured list um, with the back issues. So we don't want him to get overused because then it could cause an injury. So it'll be delicate. I'm, I'm shocked that they just let go of Robert Stevenson, who, who's, you know, he's not great, but, you know, the Rays are making him at least a capable reliever. Um, it's it's just tough giving up on on any live arm. Well, I am too, because he had a lot of swing and miss.
1: And yeah. I know he had, you know, when contact was made, unfortunately it wasn't so great, but yeah. And the Rays need the, you know, the Rays need the depth in their bullpen. I mean, I, I guess I, you see a, 514 era and you're like okay i get it uh but man um
2: yeah 36 inning get you if he can get you the sixth inning done and then then that's all you need so yeah it's perplexing but we'll you know all this movement will start start coming around soon or at least the little movement that's going to happen
1: and you know, knowing the Rays, they'll turn him into a three relieving, three inning, uh, uh, three inning reliever, and he'll be dominant. And you know, well, oh, we just need to tell him Deakman. to do, avoid this pitch and throw this pitch this way, and fix, boom, done.
2: Say, so look what they've done with Diekman.
1: Yeah, of he's course. He's
2: racking up. I think he's had multiple strikeouts in his last five outings. I mean, you know, he's still Jake Diekman, but he's been very serviceable for them. They they kind of said, hey. We like this, do that, and and he's been taking in and running with it. He said he was elated when the Rays picked him up. Of course. Well, and Deakman's had a pass where he's been really good. He was dominant for a year with the
1: A's, like utterly dominant. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could see the Rays just unlocking that again. You not good enough for the White Sox, God forbid, but uh <laughs> yeah, just So funny. Certain teams get it and get it right. And others just mess it up. Uh, Some comments in the chat asking about the Brewers, you know, last year they traded away Josh Hader in a shocking deal. No Mm -hmm. one, you know, people didn't see that one coming. I know he was kind of bumpy in that month leading up to that trade, but still it, it hurt the team. The team reacted poorly to the trade this year. What do they do? I mean, they've, they've got Corbin Burns who's angry about the arbitration thing. Devin Williams, is, as you mentioned in your column today, has some warning signs versus ERA versus Sierra, and you know, mm-hmm. so that there might be a little bit of a correction coming. How do you think the uh, brewers act at the deadline? What do you, is there, and who should we act on if they do do some sort of change?
2: Well, that's a loaded one, so sorry, a lot of questions. And well, question. no, that's quite okay. Uh, so here's the with the Brewers, and again, we were surprised. Now, the biggest surprise to me of all of this was when you read the quotes last year. The Brewers said they traded Hater because he wasn't willing to work in the eighth inning. And since the trade, they've never they've been using Devin Williams pretty much exclusively yeah. in the ninth inning. So, if you didn't want Hater because you were, uh, it, it seems strange to me to say I don't want A, but I'm going to do B. Right, um, right, right. You know, he has had to log a couple of uh, four-out saves recently just because uh, Strezlecki kind of fell apart. Um, uh, Elvis Peguero has been getting a little bit more run. He's intriguing, but um, if 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 the Brewers decide to go full Salmo, which, we, we again, we don't know a month out from here, um, they have a guy that's pretty electric in the minors, Abner Uribe. Um, mm-hmm. It's triple digits. It's always been a matter of health and command. He's almost in like that. Felix Bautista, where you know everything's there in the minors, but it never really came together. Um, I think Uribe has had command in the you know better command in the past, and I think if he can keep doing well at triple A and racking up strikeouts, I mean, that's a tough environment pitching in the PCL. Um, if he can stay healthy, uh, and something happens maybe at the end of the season, you'll see him, but. If you're in a dynasty league, that's a guy you should definitely be paying attention to, especially if they decide that they're going to sell Burns and Williams because they could do very well uh, in a trade market if they decide to move both of them. So, yeah, because we'll there's not see. many it's aces. A very intriguing. It's a very intriguing team. Um, you know, they've been liking high amps but on stuff, I don't know. I, I might prefer Piguero, but we'll have to. I'll, I'll watch them very closely over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, they they just made a a move the other day. Uh, it kind of caught me a little by surprise. Uh, and it's not it's more because I thought he was going to be pretty good going into this season. In fact, I still think he's okay. Is Trzylski? Uh, yeah, you know, Trzylski.
2: Sorry, yes, thank you.
1: Four fifty four ERA, but thirty seven to eight K to walk in thirty five innings. I mean, there's some swing and miss there. Mm-hmm. Uh, only three homers, so it's not like he he's been giving up bombs. Uh, he hasn't been giving up a lot of walks. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think that, uh, you know, he can, play, he can pitch still. I, I wouldn't
2: give up on him too quickly. Fair enough. Yeah. At, we want to see how he does down there too, but yeah, it's, yeah. there's a lot of moving pieces there, but sure. A lot of that would become clearer once if they'd ever did that trade. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they want the bad PR again, moving Williams, but we'll have to right. see. Yeah. The white
1: flag, uh, trade needs to stick with Jerry Reinsdorf, but, uh,
2: yeah, as far as that goes. <laughs> and here I
1: am arguing over minutia in the brewers bullpen, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I just think it's something to watch for there a little bit. Um, a couple other guys I want to talk about that you point out, uh, in the article, I, I always like finding the guys who are on the rise, maybe someone that, uh, can, you should be paying close attention to. You mentioned the brewers situation. There's a couple others I think that are noteworthy there too. Uh, you mentioned the Rangers, uh, Rangers, Josh sabores If they don't trade for another reliever, sabores might have a decent profile.
2: Yeah, it's you know it's funny because he's always had very good stuff. He just never was able to figure it out. So I don't know, I don't know who helped him or if it's just been a matter of now he knows he can get major league hitters out. Um, but he's another guy has turned in a tremendous K to BB ratio. Um, this season, uh, he picked up another win the other day. So, you know, he's he's logging multiple inning outings. He's picking up vulture wins. He might, you know, if Smith needs a day off, he might be able to bag you a two-winning save. So, you know, in 15-team leagues, there's a lot of value to a reliever that protects your ratios, gives you a win every now and again, especially, you know, if you've got a starter with a bad matchup, if Sabores gives you – six to eight strikeouts in a week, that's just as good as getting a, a start from somebody. And, and I think that's something that people will start doing more as the season progresses when they're looking to protect their their whip and ERA, especially as the, uh, you know, now we're moving into the second half of the fantasy season with, with all the teams at about the midpoint uh, of the year. So uh, you're going to have to start shifting your strategy a little bit. So guys like Sabores make a lot of sense.
1: The RotoWire Staff Keeper League is 18 teams deep. We have seven-man reserves, ten-man minor leaguers. It's tough to find guys. Even even you know it, you find some saves coming off the waiver wire, but it's hard. You have to trade for them, uh, so, uh Is lead up to this. So in one league, I've got a choice of trading for Jordan Hicks, or Evan Phillips, or Hunter Harvey. Uh, these are kind of like the options, at least on this one particular team. Is there one above the three of those that you'd be most interested in?
2: See the the trade deadline is gonna ask, will answer this for me today. Yeah. Um, the best reliever is still Phillips. So I mean, even with Hudson coming back, we know Phillips is at least at the worst in a safe share. Yeah, that's right. Um, Hunter Harvey could be traded if the Nationals decide that they're going to trade him and Finnegan. I think they him and Finnegan both have one more year of control. Um, I don't know that they will. Um, I've I have been a Harvey believer. I wrote in a Recon article a couple of weeks ago. I was like, here lies Greg. He believed in Hunter Harvey, but <laughs> now he's actually been working more in, in the ninth inning uh, with the last three three saves for the team. So, you know, I like him. I just think he'll be a little more volatile. Um, again, in 18-team league, I, I don't want to take risk with my my ratios at that point. And, and I like Hicks, too. He's throwing strikes. He's confident. This, this was the iteration of Hicks that, he was like a plant my flag guy when he was coming into the the one year before he he fell apart. So, you know, I believe in the arm and the talent. He he doesn't have the swing and miss that uh Phillips does. Um, so you know, it makes him again, there's gonna be days where he gets babbipped and you know, like what happened to McGuff last night. Yeah. Um, you no, know, but but there's gonna I mean, he was he gave up one unearned run in his previous 15 outings. So you kind of have to. You take it with a grain of salt. I mean, those days are going to happen. His fastball was a little flat. The Rays got hot that inning, and there's momentum just got away. But there were two infield hits, so it wasn't like they were. Not every ball was scalded. So, right. You no, know, but but to answer your question, I would probably go Phillips just because. Again, I know he's he's on the he's on the best team of the three, and even in a save share, I think he'll end up with. With at least the same amount of saves as either those other two, with better ratios.
1: Yeah, and you know, Dodgers are probably trade for a lever, but they may not trade for a closer. You know, yeah, that, I that don't know if they'll go see. at
2: the top end. They, they they're still in the save money mode. Yeah, yeah. I, again, to me, the 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 big moment of this trade deadline would be if Hater is floated and where he goes, because yeah. that will shake up a couple of things. Yeah, do you think that's that would awesome? be the one that everyone freaks out about? Do you think San Diego trade sells off after like making this big show of spending? Um, I don't know. I, but at the same token, I mean, I, you watch their games, they look listless. I mean, yeah. it's like, there's no, there, it doesn't look like they're having fun. Um, you know, I don't want to put a team under the bus, but at the same token, I, I, I subscribe to the, to the union tribune just to, to read the stuff. And yeah, Kevin AC always writing about, you know, the, the, every time they're behind, there's quotes from the players saying when they're behind, they feel like they're going to lose. I mean, that goes completely against what we were talking about with the Orioles and the Reds earlier, where they're yeah. fighting tooth and nail to the end. Um, yeah. you know, that there's, there's something to that. If the culture is we're behind, we're screwed. I mean, that's, that's not good.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Lord knows the Reds have been behind enough. Maybe they just, they're more familiar with that. <laughs> with they're with their pitching, but, uh, no, seriously though. Uh, I mean, it is wild to see like that. malaise, And I read Kevin AC's newsletter. I, you know, get that, you know, in my inbox every, you know, anytime he posts, which really good, by the way, you know, it's mm-hmm. rarely, you get a beat writer that, you know, goes above and beyond just the gamer. And he, you get that three, four times a week. It's, it's mm-hmm. really highly recommend that you get it. He's, he's a good writer. So highly recommend that, but uh, yeah. And you can just sense that malaise. Uh, and it's tough. So I don't know how you shake out of it. The funny thing is they've got a really highly respected manager in Bob Melvin, mm-hmm. you know, made a point of going out to get him for this team. You know, usually they keep you know things in line. They prevent things like this from happening and that's not the case here.
2: Yeah. And it's, and I feel bad for him because like, you can, you can feel his frustration. I mean, there's, there's only so many team meetings you can have before you yeah. either do it or you don't, you know, exactly. You know, when I used to coach, I never wanted team meetings happening because that just means we're, we're a rudderless ship
1: yeah exactly uh I haven't been able to coach baseball to coach soccer that way, and yeah so with the youth soccer, so I got that going for me but uh yeah uh you don't want you don't want to have to get to that point for sure uh you haven't had to get to that point in tal wars so far you're ten and two, you're in first place uh what's driven this
2: process? How
1: did you get off to such a great start in the first place
2: uh the the pitching that I invested in early was doing well. Now um, I've been having to tread water a little bit here. I, I still have um, Max Freed on the IL. Uh, the one good thing about Tout is we, we don't have to worry about um, if a player's on the IL, you can you can put them and not lose a, a spot on your, on, your, on your roster for your bench. Right. So that does help. Um, so right now I've got Freed on the IL. Alex Cobb will be coming off uh, at the end of the week. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do with Christian Javier because he's just a mess. But yes, um he is. uh I just got Jazz Chisholm back, so that will help as well because I've been trying to tread water with Cronenworth. I gotta figure out a little better situation uh in that spot. But but anyways, the, the hitters have been doing well. You know, I I've been fortunate to get hitters on pretty good teams, so they're scoring runs. You know, I got Justin Turner for a dollar. He's he's been terrific at third base. Um, and, and, you know, you just, you just keep battling, um, in, in our format, you've got to have pretty good pitching. So, um, the fast start will help. So, you know, you just got to be in the playoffs. Like last year, I came into the playoffs as the sixth seed, uh, and I got hot. Um, I, I took out, took Ariel, I took out clay, and then I, I lost to Frank on the last day of the season. So, and, and if I had kept Alexis Diaz over Paul Seawald, I would have won, but, uh, oh. Yeah, but but uh, everything but in the process. I hate when you can pinpoint that one win. thing. Like Seattle had to win, so I had Seawald in there, and that was the, the the last three games of the season. There, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Diaz got a win and a save, and I was like, mm. "It is what it is." Luis Torrens, remember? Yes, in the I next do. Next game, he got the save, and I was pulling my hair out. And they really? used Seawald in the next game, and the second game of the doubleheader, and with like a, in a non-save situation, and I was so angry. Oh, that's well, it's let's okay. talk
1: Seattle real quick because yeah. Sewell pitched the eighth the other day. Yes, Gave up the game-tying homer, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, had say, they, they had they they had saved Munoz for the ninth. Is this something we're going to see a little bit more out of?
2: I think so. Um, now that Munoz is showing that he's healthy and there's been no ill signs with his velocity, um, and, and it's almost like this time last year, the second half is when they really kind of turned him loose. Mm-hmm. So his injury might have just been – it might be good for them because now he's going to be fresh. Um, so in the second half last year, Seawall did get eight saves. Munoz had four. Um, Munoz will get the toughest part of an opposing team's lineup. So um, when when Jordan Alvarez comes back, um, Munoz will face his pocket of the lineup. So if, he, if, if he's coming up in the eighth, then Munoz will be in the eighth. But if he's going to be in the ninth, and we saw that when their playoff series with Toronto – they, they use Munoz against the, the heavy hitters from the Blue Jays, no matter what inning they were coming up, whether it was the 7th, 8th, or ninth. So um, that's what I refer to as the highest leverage reliever. Munoz will take that role, so it does cap his save total. But um, he he could be in store for a very good second half with strikeouts and, and, and still getting – if he's getting one-third of the saves, which is kind of the pattern from last year, there's still a lot of value to that and, and fantasy right. for him.
1: Especially in today's day and age, with so many teams Mm -hmm. with managing their bullpen like that, plus you get maybe sneaking an extra win or two because you're you're facing that part of the lineup in a tie game too. So you've got that going for you. Uh, I would. I I don't think Rocco Baldelli is exactly the same way with the Twins and their his usage of Duran, but it's similar. I guess it's in the same neighborhood. A little frustrating when you have very,
2: yeah, especially when he's making them do the two inning outings. Cause again, once you yeah. know, you know, we saw that when Hader first came up, if they used him for multiple innings, then he got two days off. And that's almost you have to with these guys. It's hard to ask somebody to get six outs and then bring them out with only one day rest. It's it's tough, especially when you're throwing hundred three miles an hour. Right. So um, at least, and, and I put that in the article, at least this past weekend, he used them in one inning outings and lo and behold, he got two saves. I mean, this isn't rocket science, but at the same token, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do to win a ball game. It's just, sometimes I think he, he, he loses the war to win a battle. If that, if that makes sense, like he'll yeah. use them to get that. He wants that serious opening win on Friday night, use him for two winnings that happened in Toronto. Use used him on Friday night, got a two-winning save. And then on Sunday, when they needed Duran again, he wasn't available, and they lost. They lost the series. So it's great when you get that win, but you want to be able to get two out of three, not not one. Exactly.
1: Well, and Baldelli's been stripped of his alternatives, too. You know, no Correct. Jorge yeah, Lopez, no uh, De Leon. He is going to eat Tommy John, no Brock Stewart, no No Cale Thielbar even. It's Duran and Griffin Jackson. That's pretty much it. That's the list.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, again, that's, it's, it's hard when you lose that, uh, that depth component and and it makes it difficult. And that's, you know, that's, that's why we're sitting here and they're where they are.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's easy for
2: me to go, Hey, you should have done this. Yeah. Oh,
1: easily, easily. Yeah. And uh, you know, you get that all the time. And, you know, that's, that's without even like, dealing with the personal element about like, how does a pitcher respond to usage patterns and all that, you know, just, just by looking at the stats, we're only looking at it that way, let alone like managing the personalities.
2: Mm-hmm. And and there's been a few relievers that say they, they appreciate when the manager says, Hey, again, when we're playing, when we're playing this team, you've got the three, four five hitters, you know, yeah. at least, you know, so when you get to the ballpark, it's like, all right, when that pocket's coming, I'm waiting for the phone to ring. You know what I mean? So um, I, I think in this day and age and, you know, I coached for 20 years, I don't think I could coach. I don't think if I started coaching today, there's no way I would have made it. You know, <laughs> I, I just, it's a different, it's a different world now. And, and, you know, I wasn't always the best at communication. I would do my, I would do my, do my darndest, but you know, that's, right. uh, that's always been, you know, I want to just make my decision and, and do the thing. But, you know, nowadays you almost have to say, you have to be very transparent. Hey Jeff, you, you got the you you got the one two three when we play the Royals, and, and you know Scott you got Scott Jenstad you got the the four five six, and, and then Ryan, your your closer guy, you've got the seven eight nine pocket, and that's how we're going to roll, you know. But so if you know come into a series knowing that, and I know teams do do that, you know, it's just a, and then you just have to kind of figure that out, uh, and that's what we were talking about with the Yankees with Holmes, you know.
1: Yeah, for he knows
2: sure. what right handed, you know, if. If if the Yankees are playing the Braves, then you know Holmes is going to be matched up with Acuna. You know? Exactly. I mean, he's not going to face Olson. So once it gets to that point, then they're going to be moving on. be yeah. Conley.
1: Yeah, I think we can blame the we like to blame the Rays for things like this. <laughs> they really only have two guys are getting saves though this year. It's, it's correct. Yeah, they've been Banks
2: and Adam. Yeah, when those guys are healthy, it's been very. It's been and and this was the same thing in the second half last year. So that's at yeah. least that's carried over, and it was you know part of the reason I was on Fairbanks in the preseason was when they gave him the contract, right. I'm like, they don't yeah. have to worry about arbitration manipulation because he's got his deal. So yeah. they'll use him in the ninth till they can't.
1: Yeah. You just have to worry about him staying healthy. That's all.
2: Yeah. That's, that's the, yeah, that's well, Unfortunately. my main event team's well aware of that.
1: Yes, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> uh, if you back, if you got both of them, which was plausible, then you're all right. But uh, cause it's been pretty like, when Fairbanks is healthy, he mostly is the guy when otherwise it's Adam. That's the guy. And then there's mm-hmm. like, Kelly has one Pache has one.
2: Yeah. There's uh, a whole know. smattering of like ones, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> not
1: like the 13 guys have saves thing year. Like they yeah. had like other times, but so at least there's that, uh, Greg, uh, tell everybody how they can find your work, please.
2: Um, well, as you intimated earlier, uh, my articles for the athletic, they are every Thursday. Um, my, my buddy Nando usually added some for me. So, um, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun and I enjoy it being Thursday. Last year I used to post on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I felt like every time I would, my article was about to go live. there was like three injured list announcements and you have to go through and like rewrite everything for right. Brandon Funston and Nando last year. I felt like all the time I was sending them a, a rewrite at like one in the afternoon. It's like, okay, these three guys are on the IL. So here's this, 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 and this, but um, being on Thursdays helps because it gives you a little fob preview for the weekend um, and, and things of that nature. But it's been, again, as you said, it's been more stable. Uh, reliever recon is uh, on Patreon. If you just, uh, you just search reliever recon uh, in, in your machine, you should be able to find the, the link to the site. Um, we charge $5 a month, but there's, I do a daily, what I do on the athletic I do every day um, okay. um, for the site. So, I mean, there's, there's a write up every day with situations and things of that nature. I update the closer charts, which are organic. I'll, I'll do them later this evening. You know, if a guy lands on the IL, I go right in there and fix it at that moment. And I, I have tabs for SGP on there. Um, and then we have a guy for, for head to head players. We have a guy who who does an article every day about um, relievers who can vulture saves or wins. That's like his little specialty. Uh, we have guys that do podcasts for us. It's, it's a great crew of people, even though we're, We're about to lose one of our guys to another site, but bigger, better things, which is always the goal in this business. Sure. And um, on the Twitter machine, it's just at gjewett9, and uh, we we do our best to. And if you get lost, I can always send you the link on there too. But yeah, I mean the basic, you know, my my one column that used to be on Substack was named Coffee and Closers, and that's kind of the idea. It's like for five dollars a month, we'll do all the dirty work. Uh, for relievers, so it'll save you time on Sundays.
1: Exactly, and I can't tell you how huge that is, especially when you've got a lot of stuff going on in life. So, uh, great stuff, Greg. Awesome, jo- uh, talking with you for an hour. Uh, good luck on
2: reliever recon. Good luck in tout. Thank you, Jeff. Same to you. Good luck uh, with all your teams. And uh, if we don't chat again before, then I'll uh, I'll see you out at uh, Arizona.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Looking forward to that as well.
2: That's going to conclude today's podcast. Uh, Todd Zoll and Clay
1: uh, are going to be with us tomorrow for two star starters uh jen says on vacation this week I, we decided to let him have it after all but don't worry i've got rob D. pietro gonna join us sunday night for the uh, RotoWire fantasy baseball podcast so tune in for that as well thanks everybody for listening good luck in your leagues this weekend take care